I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. This month, Yumiko introduced six new mesh tones available for all personalized pieces. And as a summer celebration, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. Visit yumiko.com for store hours, and be sure to follow along on Instagram, at Yumiko, to stay up to date. Special thanks to the Town of Vail for their support of the Vail Dance Festival and Conversations on Dance live podcast recordings. This episode was recorded at the Manor Vale Lodge. Take part in the Vail Dance Festival from wherever you are. On Monday, August 9th, 2021, enjoy a live stream of the festival's closing evening, Now Premieres. Featuring world premieres of works created at the festival, including the work discussed in this episode, the full evening will be available to stream on Vail Dance Festival's YouTube channel for a week. Be sure to follow Vail Dance Festival on social media for more information. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. Rebecca and I are both former dancers with the Miami City Ballet, and we now host the podcast Conversations on Dance. Uh, We've been doing these festival forums since the beginning of the festival, and now until the end, we'll be here every morning, just like this one, with different artists each day. Yeah, so we hope that you will join us for more. And if you've missed any of the earlier ones that we've done, we put all of these out on our podcast feed, which you can find wherever you listen to your podcast or on on our website. We also have some cards at the front if you want some more information on how to tune in. So today we are joined by not one, but two of the world's most celebrated dancers, Herman Cornejo of American Valley Theater and Tyler Peck of the New York City Valley. Thank you guys for coming back on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Herman, you had a pretty big life event happen uh, since the last time we talked to you. You became a father for the first time. So what has mm-hmm. that been like balancing um, being a parent with uh, kind of the struggles or adaptations of being an artist during this kind of crazy time? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the birth of my son was the highlight of that crazy year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we still are. Yeah. Crazy year. Um, so it was amazing the experience to be a father. At the same time, it was such a different of what I had in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I supposed to be performing around the world with my family following me and being all together. Um, we were stuck at home. So it, it was beautiful to see um, my baby grow it like every day. So that was amazing. But at yeah. the same time, it was very sad for me to lose, you know, my passion and not be able to be on stage. Right. Right. So, um, Tyler, when performances have been shuttered through this past year and a half, you've found some really creative ways to connect with your audience, one of which is your weekly ballet class, Turnout with Tyler. What have some of these experiences been like for you to kind of maybe reach this new audience during this time? I think sometimes, um, you know, ballerinas or, you know, dancers seem kind of untouchable to people. And I think what's been really nice is to kind of let them in and get to know my personality. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty down to earth, I feel. And I think that that's kind of what people have enjoyed, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I was taking class at my parents' kitchen bar, just like everybody else. Like, right. you know, during COVID, there's no special treatment. And I just right. felt like that was a way to keep people moving. And me too. It was something that motivated me to do class every day because right. I knew people were counting on me. Yeah. Um, because on the days where I wouldn't do it, first, I did it for seven days for like the first like seven months. Yeah, you did so much. And then I took off a few days and I realized that when I took off from that class, I didn't do class myself. So uh -huh. it was just a, as much of a gift, I think, to them, but also to me because right. it helped me get through the pandemic. Yeah. Right. What was some of the feedback you got? Because I think there were like a lot of different age ranges taking with you. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And like different countries. It was crazy. Like I had people in like Ukraine taking and wow. India. They'd wake up at like crazy hours to take class so that's why I was started putting it up so that they could take it whenever they wanted to throughout the day right. but you know it was young kids that weren't at their studios all the way to like you know somebody who looked like a football player who had mm -hmm. never danced before but was like this is getting me moving and I right. might not be doing it all right but I just enjoy getting up and doing something and some people were like I haven't danced and 40 years, but I brought my ballet shoes out and it's so nice. And yeah, they even made me a video and like sent it to me. Like some of the <laughs> people that take the class and my mom and I were watching, we started like crying. Aww, <laughs> it, was just, so sweet. It, it really touched people mm -hmm. and I had no idea, but I'm happy I could have given yeah. them something like that. Yeah. Right. So Irman, I, you're such a workhorse and you, you just love um, taking on any extra work that you can. I mean, here in Vail, you do like all these stamina busting roles. So uh, you were already saying it was difficult to kind of not have that constant um, source of artistic, um, an, an artistic outlet. So what were some of the ways during the pandemic that you found outside projects that would give you that outlet? Well, most of the projects that happened, there were films. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a very different kind of work. Um, still had to be in shape, but not with the stamina that it requires to be doing full ballets right. in front of an audience. Um, and 
you know, what I tried to do through that year is also to show people that um, we go through these hard moments as well. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I really closed the door of my studio at home. I just couldn't do it anymore at home. Yeah. Yeah. And when I had talks with uh, students, I I let them know that I felt that way. Mm -hmm. That it was, and it was also fine to feel that way. Right. Right. Um, That if you needed to stop for a moment, it was fine to stop. Right. You didn't have to keep pushing. Um, so that was a, a, a way for me also to meditate with my own anxiety, mm-hmm. um, to be able to share my frustration with others. Um, and, um, yeah, that was the way I kind of compensate, you know, this, this that, year. That's, it's kind of, it's different, but it sounds similar to what Tyler is saying is like, she got to show the side of like, I'm a human being, I'm actually pretty down to earth. And you're saying I'm vulnerable. Um, was that special for both of you in that way instead of being these sort of like exalted um principles that come out for the page bow you know it's like <laughs> is that fun to be able to show a yeah, more it's, it's time to break with that mm-hmm. yeah um figure mm-hmm. of untouchable likes like uh, tyler said um i think we're human beings and the more we show our human side um, the more we will be connected with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's that connection. And I think that during the pandemic, we didn't have human connections. So right. It was like really nice to connect with people that way. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, what were some of the other projects you did? Um, kind of maybe once things started to open up a little bit. Um, the first thing I did was I put together um, a performance. I rented out a theater. I hired 11 dancers um and we put together christopher wilden did a new piece um the syncopated ladies who are um a tap dancing group danced and um little buck came and we did a petrushka something that we created for city center um and we put on a show we didn't have audience but we we filmed it and then um the second part of that was the bar project which i called bill foresight and i said look we've been trying to do something together for three years and whether i got the flu or he got the flu or my had my neck injury or he had a shoulder injury mm-hmm. <laughs> we could literally never get together like we always had like four weeks planned to get together and so i said look why don't we just try to do it now? And he said, when can we start? And I said, whenever you want. He said, tomorrow with a question mark. And that's literally (laughs) what we did. And I was with him for like every day, four hours for I think three or four months. Wow. And it was so amazing. Yeah. 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 When you're putting together a performance like that, how did you deal with some of the COVID safety protocols and decide what was going to be best for the health of the dancers? We definitely did little bubbles. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in this case, also, I was finding all the funding. So it wasn't like we had huge budgets. Um, So actually, the bar project dancers, they flew to Bakersfield, which is my hometown. Um, They quarantined at a hotel. And then they came to my house. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, we had them with us and we used my mom's dance studio. So we were all together and not seeing anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, some people stayed like a month in Bakersfield, my hometown (laughs) with me. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was challenging, but we did it and, you know, doing it over zoom, like with bill the whole, he was never with us, not even for the performance. Mm -hmm. So, 
but he kind of learn to really love it because he's like we don't have to deal with any of the organizational people we just get to do <laughs> me and you and we can make our own time and uh-huh. talk about whatever we want and yeah so it was just such a lovely process like yeah. one of the best things in my career for sure yeah Erman, you were part of uh, one of the performances on the rooftop in new york right was that like save the arts is that what the performance was yeah it yeah was, uh, you know shows to um fundraise money for dancers that need help. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, not only to be back to the stage, but also to help all the dancers. Right. Who else was involved with that? And what was that like to kind of all come together under that cause? Um, well, um, Kimberly, uh, who I know for a long time, he put together this idea of mm-hmm. um, um, this fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And the best thing of it, it was to perform in front of the Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was, um, you know, the Lincoln Center, instead of creating a stage for us, they created a plaza uh-huh. for people to relax. So it was fun to perform in front in front of that yeah. and kind of show that we are here. Yeah. Um, so um, that was a good thing to do. But I what stayed with me during those months it was the work that I did with Twyla Tharp mm-hmm. over Zoom. Tell <laughs> us about it. Yeah. yeah. Which um, it was supposed to be a performance, but we we could never get together. We had people from Russia. Um, wow. And from uh, Denmark, mm-hmm. uh, we were three dancers together creating with Twyla over Zoom. And, you know, Twyla, she's 80 years old. So oh dealing gosh. with technology for her was... And so we ended up doing a, a documentary that came out on um, PBS. Great. How can people access that if they want to watch it? I'm pretty sure it's on PBS website. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Now, you have such a long-standing relationship with Twyla. Uh, how did this project come about, especially since she was maybe reluctant um, to <laughs> delve into the technology side of things? Yeah. Um, well, we since the pandemic started, we started talking with Twyla to like keep working together. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and at one point, of course, it was impossible. The lockdown and, and right. everything happened. So she said... Um, Technology is not my thing, but let's try. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this Zoom choreography, and if we can put it together, we will. And if not, it's just a workshop for us to to keep moving, right. to keep inspired. Right. And we work for maybe three months, like on and off with different things. Mm-hmm. And then this um, documentary came out. That's great. So throughout this entire pandemic, we've talked to a lot of dancers throughout different generations. As two uh, very seasoned principal dancers, how did this time maybe force you guys to look at your own careers and maybe think about what came next, Tyler? Um, I think for me, it came at a not such an ideal. I mean, I don't think it was ideal for anyone, but I had just come back from a really serious neck injury. So I had already lost a year. And so for me, like what Herman was saying where he was like, it was okay to like take us a, a break for me. It didn't feel like that. Like I didn't feel like I could cause I already felt like I missed a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know in a way it just kind of, I think taught us all how, you know, life is really precious mm-hmm. and you know, there really isn't that much time in a dancer's career. And, you know, while the time was still ticking, for, you know, time doesn't stop, even right. though like the world was kind of stopped. And for a career, for a dancer, you know, the time is still ticking too. So I feel, I felt like, I don't know, I just love it even more. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. And, you know, even when I'm tired, I'm like, oh, I'm tired, but at least I'm dancing. You know, right. last year I 
I didn't even have anything really to look right. forward to. Yeah. 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 Did, oh, sorry. Okay. I was going to do a follow up. Please Tyler. do a follow up. Yes. No, um, <laughs> just because you had such a major injury, it was a really hard recovery. But do you feel like maybe the extra time helped you even more? recover from that oh yeah i think so because somehow i did swan like i don't even know how marika got me back for that um but you know even to this day like i don't jump in class which mm -hmm. is something that you know everybody should be doing <laughs> but i just have so many limited like jumps really for my neck to mm -hmm. kind of handle so there's just things that like i'll always have to kind of modify, um, modify and think about um but yeah i definitely think you know with the herniated disc like obviously the longer it has to heal the better so mm -hmm. you know i said to marika should i be jumping and all she's like no 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 just like now that you're not performing just like take it mm -hmm. so i i didn't jump for literally the entire pandemic right wow. yeah it's oh. so interesting because you know dancers we I mean, you came back and did Swan Lake, and of course, Marika is the greatest physical therapist on the planet. And she says it's okay, it's okay, yeah. but we mm -hmm. do often tend to push ourselves to get that thing a little sooner. Oh yeah, you, like I have videos because um, every time I would start jumping, my neck would be bad again. Mm -hmm. Like it was like I would do one little jump, and then all of a sudden, like it would just be back to square one. So <sighs> we did this thing where she had a um, yoga mat. That's how I started to get jumps and you, I have videos like mm -hmm. of me learning to like do a saute on a yoga mat and we like kept putting the mat down lower lower mm -hmm. lower until finally like I was on the floor mm -hmm. and like the day of my Swan Lake show was the day before was the first time I tried the Anishikot Pases wow. like I didn't get to practice it it oh, was wow. just like if I wanted to do it that was how we timed it every day I could do a jump then rest do something mm -hmm. then not and then so she, she was very clever, but she got me out there. <laughs> um, Erman, same question for you about kind of how you started to look at your career after during this time. Well, for me, it was a very special year. Um, I turned 40. Mm -hmm. And um, before the pandemic, I was like, oh, my God, I have like another five years. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Like I, I felt amazing. Yeah. And then through the year, I started doubting if I was going to be able to come back to the level I had. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Because when you reach a certain level, it's hard for you to imagine being on stage not doing the same things. Right. Or with the quality that you used to. Um, we have a lot of fixing. Maybe they can fix my back here. <laughs> 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 Some of those here. They sound uh, ready and to go. So, um, so it was a moment of, yeah, uh, rethink of what was next for me. Right. Um, but for some reason, uh, the movement, it's just the priority. Mm -hmm. And I started doing things uh, to create things, to create shows, to start um, changing my mind um, to become a director one day. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm in that process of um, learning how to become a director. Mm -hmm. But I still feel being on stage is my thing yeah. right do you feel that the extra time and rest this is i mean this time of rest like you're talking about healing that's not something that's really ever afforded to you guys right to actually like take a breath and let your body heal do you feel like that was good for you or maybe like the stopping wasn't so good it was worse i think when it I was stopped, worse. every pain came out oh. and 
and also the struggle of finding therapy in those moments. I we just couldn't get the, the therapy that we used to. The hands on. Um, right. So. Yeah, that was very tricky too for me because I had seen Marika every single day. Right. And then I went to California for nine months and she was even like, this is so weird. Like I haven't seen you. So we would do like Zoom physical therapy, but it's yeah. just not the same. Right, mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So both of your companies, um, first New York City Ballet has undergone a leadership change and now American Ballet Theater is looking to that in 2022. How do you feel like as established principles, it's different from say if this had happened early in your career when you were both still in the court of ballet? <laughs> it's challenging. I think for me, I've been 23 years with American Ballet Theater, mm-hmm. so it's hard to think now uh, to have a new director mm-hmm. and and to ad- adjust to the mentality of this new director. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish um, a new director will come with a more open mind and let artists like us be united. Um, I think New York City Ballet and ABT um, are two separate. And oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. find that when we are together, mm-hmm. it's so magical. Mm-hmm. And I wish for directors to see that. Yeah. That mixing dancers is a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Us too, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We always say, can't there be like a little exchange? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the exchange is in veil a little it's, bit. Yeah. 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 We get our two-week little brigadoon or something. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, and that's that. something we wanted to talk about. So what was the first thing the two of you danced together? <gasps> was yes. it rubies? Rubies. Or Apollo. I'm not sure. I want to say rubies, but it might be Apollo. A role rubies is a role that neither of us ever had done. I still have never oh. done it in the New York City Ballet. So Damien was like, "We're gonna do rubies for you and Herman here at the Vale mm-hmm. Festival." And we did it with a full court and right. everything. So fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What was and that? Then a- Apollo was just a part of it. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So what was it like for the two of you to, like you were saying, you've been so separate and then to come together and dance together that first time? So easy. I I, I find with with Tyler that she does her thing, I do my thing. It's like there's never a, oh, put me this way or, you know, I don't know. It's so smooth and... I think too, for me, I I always really, I mean, her mom was my... favorite dancer to watch so I think for me in the beginning I was a little intimidated mm-hmm. <laughs> not because he's the kindest person right. like it's he's not scary but I think I just felt like oh my god I'm dancing with Herman Crenay <laughs> <laughs> so I think the first time I was a little nervous but our personalities really gel and I think um like musically we have sort of a similar take so like yeah what he's saying i think a lot of partnering is timing yeah and so Mm -hmm. when somebody's saying you know like put me here put me there i think a lot of times it just depends on if you're in the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. and if you're like in sync it just kind of works yeah yeah and i find that in a way we're so different yeah we we are we feel from each other i you know when i'm Usually, when I finish uh, uh, my solo, I go into the wings and I just rest. Yeah. But with Tyler, I go into the wings and I'm watching. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyone who's been at the Vail Dance Festival has seen either one of you, um, as Damien is often tending to do, cast it in things um, that 
are not really in your home rep that are in the rep across the plaza, if you will. <laughs> so um, I'm just asking you for one second to imagine, like, Armand, what if you had spent your whole career at the New York City Ballet and then Tyler the flip of that and you had, you had been able to establish like a, a years-long partnership together? What would that have been like? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny for me when, like, even Isabella and I were talking, you know, and she, she I'm like dread doing Sleeping Beauty because we don't do it very often, but mm-hmm. I could do theme like every day. I'm so excited. And she's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, boy, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> um, so sometimes I do wish that I had had more of that growing mm-hmm. up. So I felt more comfortable in those mm-hmm. roles. Because right. when I do, when he did put me in Corsair and Don Q, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I do not feel comfortable. It was good because he was making me, pushing me. Right. But I do, and I and I sit there and I watch, you know, the way that they tell stories. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something we focus at New York City Ballet. And I wish that we did more. Mm-hmm. Um, because just the way they stand in, in Romeo and Juliet, I was watching the other day, the way they speak. It's just, it's like it's innate in them. Right. Um, and it's so different from... From us. Yeah, I, I love that you brought up Isabella because the time I've seen her most nervous was for a 12 minute Justin Peck Valley increases. And, you know, I, and you're like, what you're saying is like, we're like, girl, don't you do like, you she's do full lengths like all the home. time. You're out there for three hours. And she's like, this little 12 minute Valley. She's like, oh my God. Yeah, she's like, Sleeping Beauty is so easy. And I can't, I'm so nervous for this who cares solo. I'm like, you got this. <laughs> yeah. There's something beautiful, something like so fresh when you never done those kind of ballads mm-hmm. um, that I love. Like I love watching Tyler doing the classical pieces. It's just so, even I learn like, I'm like, oh, you could do it that way, that right. way too. You know, it's, um, you feed from not knowing exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I find it beautiful when you're not used to and you change. Like for me now doing Merce Cunningham, it feels great. It's like you keep learning. Yeah. So speaking about learning, I, I like that you brought that up because I think that that's something that audience members might not think about, that because you guys aren't together very often and dancers really kind of feed off each other, you can kind of use this opportunity to get inspiration from each other. So what are some of the things that um, you feel like you've taken from your Vail experience in general that you take back to your home company, um, maybe year after year, maybe one thing in particular? <laughs> I take so much peace from here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the the mix of artists, it just makes a very magical and peaceful environment. Right. Um, that when I go back home, I just take this peaceful and high energy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes when you're in a company for so many years, there's a, a condensed energy. Mm-hmm. But when you go out and then you come back with fresh energy, mm-hmm. it makes things better. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I'm such a visual learner. I always have been. Right. Um, and so many times in New York, like I go to watch ABT when I can, but mm-hmm. it's like really hard with our schedules and kind of are the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just cherish so much getting to like share this stage and, and watch them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I learn so much each year and, you know, it's really strange that we only really hang out here in Vail, mm-hmm. you know, it's like yeah. two weeks in the year and then we like don't see each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I find that strange. Even sometimes, like James, I haven't even seen here at Vail because we're so busy. And I was like, how's that even possible? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we always talk about, obviously, there are stamina challenges in Vail, um, no matter what. When you guys come off, usually you're coming off, what, med season and spring season in New York City Valley. So these dancers come in shape but um i'm wondering if you had to prepare differently this year um after all that time off everything is different (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean justin's is so hard (laughs) we you know he's not pretending like there was a pandemic Uh, it's like he's just making what he wants to make and um we've had so much fun in the process i think right Mm -hmm. i can tell he's enjoying it so much Mm -hmm. and you know yesterday her mom was doing her solo and like we and justin just kind of looked at each other and we're like it's just so good like it's like we know this but we're just like dying and so it's just so fun for the three of us Mm -hmm. to be back in a room together um but i did tell him like you know i was joking at first like let's just listen to how much more is after we haven't finished you know (laughs) and he's like ah it's just a little bit it was so long was it (laughs) and i was like okay three other variations yeah Mm -hmm. and he goes well what happens normally in chai paw after the turns and i said two fish dives and then then you go home yeah not 40 more (laughs) seconds yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i was like i mean i and i do feel because i kept myself going that i'm in pretty close shape to what i would have done Mm -hmm. at the ballet right um but i was just like Dustin, let's just be realistic. <laughs> like, this is hard. So yesterday I was like, no matter what my variation looks like, we're going to go into the coda so I can feel what it is. And yeah. right. we almost got there and then I like fell to the floor and I was like, okay, yeah, it definitely needs to end. Yeah. So... <laughs> Okay. Uh, we're talking about the new Justin Peck work that's going to premiere this coming Monday on Now Premieres. Um, so it sounds like it has kind of a very classical structure then. Is it Pa, Variation, Variation, Coda? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the coda is like two codas. It's not like... Double coda. <laughs> um, but yeah, they did their own take on Chai Pa. They like deconstructed it and Caroline made music. I mean, you'll hear... Oh, so it's like, but it's not. oh yeah, and we do quotes in the choreography. Like, really? Yeah, and so it's in point shoes and oh, the whole yeah. shebang. Yeah. Wow, because he's been doing some sneaker ballets in Vail, yeah. kind of the last time, so it'll be a nice yeah. contrast. This makes me excited because I think Justin's been very focused on Broadway and, like Rebecca said, doing sneaker work. But I love his yeah. classical side. You know, Polchinello variations is yeah. maybe my favorite ballet he's done. Which again is this as like virtuoso central for Tyler, um, <laughs> and it's very easy in my mind to play Sermon in the Valley as well. Yeah. So um, I think if if you guys haven't bought tickets yet from this Monday, now I'm even more yeah. invested than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's go. so funny. He's like, you know, in classical Pada de Sermon, what do you, you know, they got to put some whip turn in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then put some bows yeah. after the Pada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of collaboration going on. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. So Tyler, you also will have a new ballet on that program. Tell us a little bit about what audiences can expect from that. Um, so it's with Caroline Shaw music. I used her last year in the ballet that I put her on in. <laughs> um, and I just really enjoyed, like, it seemed to me like when I got in a room with myself, like the steps just kind of were easy to create with her music. So I thought, 
I want to stick with something of hers because I feel like something is just really musical about the way she writes music and Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me. Um, So I used three gentlemen, um, Calvin, Royal III, um, is the principal with Miran. I don't know if it's Nadon. Is that right? Nadon. Nadon. Yeah, (laughs) who's a really young core dancer. But um, ever since she got in, um, I said, Damien, you got to bring Mira. (laughs) Mm. Um, I really love her dancing. And then um, Christopher Grant and Roman Mejia, who are also in the New York City Ballet. So three New York City Ballet dancers and one ABT dancer. Mm -hmm. And Mira and Calvin, I mean, I don't even think they knew each other before the first rehearsal. So it's been really fun to see them. Yeah. Mira's very excited for Calvin. She told me. She was like, I mean, how did I look out? Because she's also going to be dancing in a yet to be announced um, (laughs) moment with James Whiteside. And she was like, I get to dance with James and Calvin. And I'm, how old is she? 19. I think <laughs> 20 maybe now. she said 20. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I asked her. So she's very grateful. But it's fun for you to have this. You're kind of entering a new phase where your choreography is really picking up a lot of steam. You have a premiere at Boston Ballet coming up this year. And uh, you have a revival of a work you did at the Vail Dance Festival in 2019. It's your third ballet here. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. I keep <laughs> like saying to Damien, I don't know what you're doing by asking. <laughs> <laughs> and I do always send him that like emoji with the hands like over the eyes every time he <laughs> asks me to do another one. I said. <laughs> Maybe we should just the first one went well. Let's just like let it be. But I'm grateful to him for for pushing me because if I would never have tried it if it wasn't for mm-hmm. being here and mm-hmm. with Heather and Damien kind of like helping yeah. look over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now that Boston is on the docket as well, is this meaning that it's something you're gonna explore outside of Vail a little bit more? Oh, I love it, but it is so hard to dance. It's like the level I need to dance mm-hmm. at and choreograph. Like, I really feel like sometimes that's why there's not so many female choreographers, especially if they're dancers. It's just really hard. Like here I'm, I'm dancing 10 to seven, like every day. And it's like, you know, doing chai pot and Justin's ballet. But like before that I could be sitting in a room for an hour and a half, you know, looking at my ballet from last year that's going and then putting together my new ballet and then putting the point she's on. Like it's just, that's not super realistic, but Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I feel like I do love it. Um, but I definitely love dancing more right Right. now. Yeah. Speaking of chai pa, Tyler has a rehearsal in like five minutes. Um, so we actually wanted to open the floor to questions for for the audience a a little bit earlier than normal today. Let's so we watched the Petrushka online. It was wonderful. Um, and it seems to me that um, the whole pandemic shoved forward the art of filming dance, mm. which used to be very static. But I was wondering, from your perspective, if you're putting something on a stage that would normally be for an audience, how was it different to create a work for film? Well, that work in particular was created for stage. So we, we did it the same way. However... Um, the filmographer was a former dancer. And when you have a former dancer who understands the choreography, like that was the same. He was the same for that as for the bar project. And, you know, instead of it just being like a frontal thing for Petrushka, they really got creative with how they could do it. And, um, you know, that was what Bill said. Bill was like, oh, my gosh, I only want to work with Devin um, because he became like – 
the third dancer. Mm. You know, it was like he was literally learning the choreography and moving around. And um, actually, there's a solo in the bar project where he's on Steadicam that's not even in, like, there's a Bill Forsythe solo for me that's not even in the bar project mm. that just exists. Um, but I do think that when it is for film, a lot of things get lost. And so you have to be creative with the filming of it to make it still pop out because mm -hmm. otherwise it's like, Oh, we're just watching another thing from the front. And I don't know. I feel like in the beginning it was really exciting, but after a while, I think it got a little difficult to just constantly be watching like yeah. filmed performances. Yeah. So try to get creative with that. Yeah. I'm curious how you adjust to the altitude. To do these really hard dancing mm -hmm. day by day, <laughs> yeah. one of the hardest things is uh, to push when you're tired mm -hmm. um, and still be safe of not getting injured. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just day by day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This year, I always feel like on the third day, I feel a little better. Mm -hmm. um, but this year, we got here and I had dances, which is an hour ballet the next day, so I didn't even have time to figure out if I was. <laughs> ready for the altitude <laughs> but we had been in jackson hole before which is all already so i think that that actually really helped this mm -hmm. year yeah yeah any other questions right here yeah <clears throat> how do you manage your muscle mass do you have the strength to do what you do given the pressures to be very thin hmm <laughs> I don't know. I've never been like the thinnest of ballerinas. That's just not my like body. To no, but seriously, they're like, you know, thin. And that's just never been me. But I, I've always kind of ate what I wanted in moderation. <laughs> and, um, you know, I feel like I kind of need the fuel and stuff to do the rep that I do. Oh my, um, my rep is so hard. I don't ever have anything easy, honestly. <laughs> like we saw two dancers like leaving yesterday. They're like, oh, we're going into town. And I was just like, I don't think I've ever gotten to really enjoy that. I normally <laughs> go home and sit in an Epsom salt bath mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, got to do, you know, 32 fuetes or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really know. For me, it's just dancing that has that shapes I don't do anything extra if anything I do Pilates which is for me I need to stretch not strengthen I've always had like a strong core and that's just how my muscles are so yeah. but for me I don't think there's anything better than just like the actual doing of ballet yeah yeah no definitely um I think we're the same for me it's more the stretching aspect um to uh, treat my body uh, than exercising. I think seven hours a day is enough of yeah. <laughs> yeah. exercising. And maybe that's why we also can eat. We eat healthy, but we eat, yeah. you know, a lot of food. <laughs> I, I love to eat. You need um, it. <laughs> but we burn those calories. Yeah. yeah. Any other questions? I think you had, did you have one? No? Yes. Hey. Uh, just, uh, we're so happy that your neck thing got recovered. Yeah. You may be very happy, but the rest of the world is extremely happy. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I didn't talk a lot about it because it was such a hard thing when I was going through it. And it's still something that I'll always just, there are certain moves that just like aren't in my um vocabulary anymore like I can never look down or completely up to the sky or whip my head around without using like 
my body to do those motions, but I would much rather, you know, have to think of that and still be able to dance than not do it at all. So yeah. I'm grateful. You commented a little on this, but it just struck me with these new partnerships and doing risky lifts and, you know, throwing yourself into a man's arms and hoping he catches you. <laughs> so when you start working with a new partner, do you kind of do some things to establish the confidence that he can actually, you know, take care of you? <laughs> actually, not really. Like, I just trust that her mom can. I mean... Now with my neck, if there is something that I see, like if like a hand's going over from the back and I, and I can sense that maybe there would be a danger of it, mm-hmm. like hitting my head, you know, like I'll, I'll mention that to my partner. Like I'll say, you know, just be aware here, like that can happen. Yeah. So, right. um, you know, take care of me. But other than that, um, I guess it depends on who it is. Like I know he's going to take care of me mm-hmm. if there was somebody else maybe would be like, okay, yeah, let's let's try a few things before we, mm. we really do it full out. Right. Yeah. And you can feel that in the moment, like the first step into the studio, um, you you feel the other person and understand right away how it's going to work. Um, I think for some reason when you step into a studio, you're open. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're open, you can see through and learn um, who the other person is. Mm-hmm. Right just in that moment. Um, So that trust happens right away. Mm -hmm. I feel like one trusting moment that we've kind of been touching on is in Chai Pa when you do the fish dives Mm -hmm. and you're dancing it and then Justin's work is inspired by it. Does that make an appearance in his work? No. So you don't have to worry about that scary moment. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just do it two other times on Saturday. (laughs) With two different Uh, boys. Uh, I have a question for both you guys. You're you're finally going to get back into your home theaters after Veil Dance Festival. What are you most looking forward to in those first respective seasons? Hmm. You're like, I haven't looked at the rep yet. <laughs> I actually haven't looked at the rep. I do know Opus 19 goes, and I only know because Gonzalo's retiring. Mm-hmm. And so we've spoken about it. And that was a ballet I didn't think I could do um, with my neck anymore. Um, but I'm going to really try to see if it can work so that we can do it together. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, he's such, he's one of my best friends, like outside of the studio. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to our last seasons together. Gonzalo Garcia. Sorry, Gonzalo Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I know I'm doing Giselle. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's exciting to do a full length at the Coke Theater. Mm-hmm. The first time we do a full length. Right on that smaller stage. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it would feel having the corps de balles around, around you much closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Any other audience questions? No. Oh, one more. So will you be dancing in the Restart at Lincoln Center program, which sounds really exciting because it's both your companies, Alvin Ailey, mm. um, Dance Theater of Harlem and Ballet Hispanico together. Yeah, I will not be. I think that um, they really New York City Valley was trying to be very um, like diplomatic with if you are doing this, then we're going to really try to let other dancers do this. Um, so for me, I'm I'm not. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, I think for ABT, um, there are works that um, have been done in bubbles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was not part of the bubbles. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. yeah, they're trying to be very safe with 
it's all the COVID regulations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bruce. So, <coughs> Tyler, if a, if a Yankee shortstop <laughs> watch a Mets game, yeah. people would notice. Uh -huh. So when you go to watch ABT, do you get comments? Do you get noticed? Um, oh, yeah. you mean in the audience? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, I think that I'm sure. That's really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys all so much for coming out today. We know Tyler has to get to rehearsal. And thank you, too, for sharing your time with us. It was great to thank chat with you and catch us. up. Yeah, thank you to both of you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. <laughs> Special thank you to Tom Boyd for producing this episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.